Good morning. Um, it's 11:30 a.m. over here, so I'm about to head into work. But thought I would thought I would start with a chat. Uh, it's been a while, so um, it's in the middle of Ramadan, which is kind of a is kind of you know uh, means I have extra time and then no time at, at the same time. It's difficult and frustrating, but. Um, I usually, if I hang out with people at all, it's after 8 o'clock p.m., which makes you pretty tired. And then I work at noon, which is, uh, you know, ideal. It's great for the week. But uh, when you start work at noon, you get off work at 5, and then you, uh, you know, 7 o'clock is Thanksgiving dinner for everyone else but you every day of the month. It makes it kind of annoying to uh, find stuff to do. So, uh, what that turns into is a vacation, I guess, or meet with friends and hang out with them. And um, if you want to be productive, you're very frustrated. And then, if you want to like have fun with people, you're very tired. Um, and I'm not really all that into being productive, but I would rather find work to do and do it than. Uh, than be hanging out at coffee shops at two in the morning. So, and that is really what people do. Um, that's really normal here. And so, uh, if you can imagine that kind of up all night culture of New Year's Day, projected over 30 days, uh, you would you would be about right. But anyways, one of the TV shows I was watching recently had a little segment on uh, vegetable prices here going up and the price of meat going up, and it's it's caused a, you know, a couple people protesting and things like that in some other cities. And so I was at the store the other day, and uh, the lady in front of me was asking for the price of chicken, and uh, the guy told her the price, and she said, that's all I needed to know, and she kind of walked away. Uh, I was in line for the same thing, and so I waited a minute, and then I asked him for some of that. Um, they kind of had that, you know, that feeling of, um, okay, I can buy this, the person in front of me couldn't. Um, you kind of feel like, uh, is there something that can be done about this, you know, is, is this a real serious problem, and, um, and what can we do about it, you know, and at the same time, uh, the price of it was written very clearly, uh, <laughs> you know, on the meat, so it was, uh, it seemed to me a kind of uh, a theatrical display, but I wasn't so sure, so um, I actually heard many people in the store kind of complaining. Most of them were um, elderly, and so I went and talked to my roommate about it, who's a local here. Um, he said, yeah, you know, they complain, they complain, they complain, at the end of it, and, uh, they buy it, you know. Um, I thought that was interesting. I mean, I'm sure it's not the case for everyone, but uh, I remembered my days um, you know, when I used to work at a fast food restaurant at a subway back home and you know prices would go up a quarter on a sandwich and certain people um, would just go crazy and they would change their order and they would complain and they would you know blame the government uh, and we're just sitting there going man you know I, I gotta make less than you and it doesn't make a difference to me you know um, I mean, 25 cents is, is 25 cents. Uh, 
So, that, it was an interesting experience because you never want to be the person that uh, that doesn't understand money and the economy and the culture. And I consider myself you know, pretty well versed in stuff here. But um, then you kind of wonder, well, well, how expensive is it really for them? You know, and how much do they really have to live on? And um, you know, everyone obviously is in a different situation and you got to know the person to know that but uh, this is a month where they they try to help the poor and to do things for those in need and so um, I'm going to be trying to find ways to you know learn more about those things maybe get involved if time allows but uh, that's that's kind of grocery store happenings uh, what else? So I guess uh, one of my new language things is to take some of Aesop's fables and uh, get them in in uh, whatever, whatever form I can online, usually in formal Arabic, um, and kind of talk them through with people and then translate them into Tunisian. Uh, of course, they're already known and told in Tunisian, but the um, just the practice of doing that really helps me tell stories better and um, kind of get the difference between the words and pick up a little formal Arabic on the way. So it's fun, and it's uh, it's you know a helpful exercise. And so when I'm doing that, sometimes I learn some like cultural tales as well that are local from here um, and so most recently I heard one about this ladybug that uh, was sweeping her house and she found a coin uh, and after you know having cleaned the whole house she thought to herself like what can I buy with this coin and she bought a fish and I'm probably getting some of this wrong because I've only heard it I've not seen it written um, but more or less a cat comes and takes the fish and eats the fish and the ladybug gets very upset with the cat and, and cuts the cat's tail off. Um, and she says to the cat that, that the cat needs to go and get uh, butter from her, uh, butter for her in order to kind of repay what he did. And so the cat kind of goes around, he talks to a uh, person at the grocery store and they say, well, I need milk for the butter. And then he goes to the cow and the cow says, I need grass for the milk. And then he goes to the farmer and the farmer says, well, I need water for the grass. And it ends up that the cat has to go back to the ladybug to get that water. Um, and again, this is probably inaccurate, but uh, she tells him, uh, you know, see what you've done and whatever, and gives the cat the water. The cat goes to run around, um, gets the gets the grass from the farmer, the milk from the cow, the butter from the grocer, and then gives the butter back to the ladybug and gets his tail. That's a little story about not stealing. But I, I kind of liked it because um, when you when you discover something, you know, and it, nobody's really ever discovered this before um, in English, or maybe fewer than 100 people have because it's very irrelevant and uh, maybe not even that interesting. But, you know, it's kind of a reward for the language learning and so I get to get to do that, and uh, I'm stuck in nursery rhymes and fairy tales, trying to uh, 
trying to get a better grip on the language. I guess the last thing I would say as I'm up to five minutes is I've been reading, uh, been reading a book um, about, I guess, what self-acceptance looks like um, and what that looks like in the Christian world uh, from a Christian point of view. It's, it's kind of interesting because it's not a new book. If You know, it's maybe 10, 20 years old. It wasn't really super popular as far as I can tell. Um, it was loaned to me by uh, a friend of mine here who works with uh, some people in English teaching that I want to be able to work with as well. As I was reading the book, I was kind of getting the point, um, especially this morning, that you know, the world kind of tells you to love yourself um, in a way that it would tell you, like, uh, sing this song loudly just in case no one else is singing it with you. And sing the song loudly so maybe you won't even notice that no one else is singing it with you. Uh, this kind of self-love that is um, almost, you know, uh, drowning out reality, um, helping you cope with reality. Uh, and I would say um, that I find it really interesting that self-love could be that way, um, you know, how that could even be helpful because you're kind of just keeping yourself, you know, from knowing the truth, whereas I think um, there is a healthy kind of uh, self-love that, you know, the book talks about where you're kind of getting out of, out of, you know, God's way of loving you and uh, realizing that that kind of dying to self and that kind of choosing not to please yourself at every instant, choosing not to uh, twist truth in such a way that makes you feel comfortable, kind of, um, you know, allows God to come in and love you and, and show you truth and, and work in you and work through you and do great things. Um, and I guess, uh, like, loving yourself is obviously... Um, obviously good but realizing that there's someone out there that actually loves you and that you don't need to do that on your own and like maybe the best thing you can do is get out of the way because you're pretty terrible at it um, and what you do generally screws up your life um, you know in, in that sense I think um, when we die to ourselves uh, we allow him to come raise us up, and uh, that's kind of the point of the book. I think it ties together quite nicely the idea that uh, you know, we should take care of ourselves, be uh, the kind of people that you know, aren't unable to get out of bed every morning, um, while at the same time having a reasonable view of ourselves. But I think it's because we're, we're not good at loving ourselves, but there is someone who is, and knowing him and allowing him to do that in us is really uh, the key. So in doing that, in realizing that we are accepted, uh, at that point afterwards we can, we can accept ourselves and we can, in his place, do what he you know, is doing um, in loving us. So I don't know if that sounds really ethereal and philosophical or unhelpful or if you think I'm a heretic, but I was just telling you what I read in the book 
Um, if you disagree with it, then I do too. Uh, I'm gonna get ready for work now, so I hope you have a really blessed and fun and enjoyable May morning. And I'm gonna go teach you for English and not drink any water because that would be rude.